0: Assisted dying or euthanasia is a controversial concept to say the least. This practice where allowed has usually been used by older people diagnosed with terminal diseases and end of life scenarios. The fiercest debates rage over whether minors or people with mental illnesses should be entitled to it as well. For some, allowing euthanasia is about dignifying the individual's right to choose whether or not to keep living. For others, it's a step too far to formally sanction the act of helping someone end their life. As countries around the world wrestle with whether or not to legalize this practice, the conversation often turns to something universal—the role of compassion. Welcome to Why We Wrote This. I'm today's host, Samantha Liney Perfoss. A team of Monitor reporters, including Sarah miller Yana in Canada, Whitney Ulick in Colombia, and Dominique Sogel in Switzerland, recently reported a story that looks at the controversial practice of assisted dying. Today, Dominique joins me to talk a little bit about what it was like reporting it. Welcome, Dominique. Thank you, Sam. So, the story was reported by multiple monitor
1: journalists from around the world. How did it come to be? It came to be because the number of jurisdictions that allow some form of assistance in dying is growing. And more recently, Spain legalized euthanasia and Portugal appears to be at the doorsteps of doing so. So I started looking at the debates there and seeing where the debates were unfolding in other parts of the world. And talking to Sarah, it came to my attention that there were very fierce debates about this issue also in Canada. And then we reached out to Whitney because Colombia had actually allowed euthanasia for quite some time and it's, it's a bit of an outlier nation for South America. So that's how it became a global monitor story. But despite the cultural differences, um, I think the core issues are very similar where we found that compassion was the common denominator, both in terms of how people who support euthanasia view the issue and those who oppose it view the issue. So questions of life and death and what makes a compassionate society, how we take care of the vulnerable, are debated in very similar terms. Could you give an example of differences in, let's say, an Asian country
0: versus a country that's more coming from an Anglo-Saxon type of cultural background?
1: So active euthanasia is not allowed in Asia, Africa, or much of the Middle East for cultural and religious reasons. So in some traditions, there is an understanding that if you are facing terminal diagnosis, you shall suffer through it, and that's okay. You have community around you to carry you through that. Whereas in Western wealthier societies, the individual's well-being and comfort at the end of life can be interpreted as a reason not to continue living when their quality of life has been compromised by a terminal disease or a psychiatric disorder in some cases.
0: Were there any particular sources who had stories that stuck with you?
1: Yes. So there was a gentleman named Federico Redondo, and in his case, he was the one who alerted his mother that she would be eligible to request euthanasia in Colombia and that was a choice that I think initially he regretted because he was not foreseeing such an outcome for his mother but it is a choice that in the end in his personal journey he came to understand as he saw his mother's condition take a bigger toll on her. What were some of the challenges reporting a story like this? I think the, the challenges are twofold. You know, one, it's a uh, intellectual debate that has powerful arguments on both sides. So it was very important for us to have the same level of empathy for both sides. If we showed an intellectual argument for euthanasia, we also had the counter-argument presented. In this story, the demand for compassion was the greatest. I was comparing notes with my fellow reporters and... So much thought went not only just into the interviews, but also just the request for the interview, because we didn't want to hurt anyone. As a journalist, we want to get our facts right, and we might go back to the source multiple times to get the right narrative details. And that act of repetition can be very difficult for sources who've experienced a traumatic experience. It's very Very, very important to be transparent from the outset about what the goal is, why you're engaging with them in this very complex process, and long-winded process. And it's very important to do so with their consent and obviously to show compassion as a reporter. With a story like this, how do you as the reporters take care of yourselves? Sometimes it's just a matter of taking time to process before even starting to write for a larger audience. And often it's just a matter of, of talking to colleagues or family and friends. Is there anything else about this story that stuck with you or that you think would be helpful for readers to understand? When we approach our sources, we're not judging the choices they've made. And we don't want our readers to walk away with a sense of judgment. We really just want to position everyone to understand why people made those choices. A lot of the debates around euthanasia revolve around how the person dies. Uh, Is it assisted suicide? Is it physician-assistant death? Who has access to it? Under what circumstances? In what way? But as one source put it quite nicely, assisted dying is less about death than it is about how we want to live. Thank you so much, Dominique, for sharing.
0: Thank you. Thanks for listening. To find a transcript and our show notes, which include links to some of Dominique's work, go to csmonitor.com slash why we wrote this. This episode was hosted by me, Samantha Liney Perfoss, co-produced with Jingnan Pung, edited by Clay Collins. Alyssa Britton and Tim Malone were our engineers, with original music by Noel Flatt, produced by the Christian Science Monitor, copyright 2023.